know what it is. It's time to put the sheep to sleep and let the wolf pack ride. It's going down. It's after midnight. So if you ain't up, you ain't down. This is Late Night Balls Talk. Tonight, we got a special guest coming through the building. We went from all the way from extra to extraordinary. My man Julian Patano going to break down his rise to fame. So y'all need to pay attention. This is Late Night Balls Talk. Let's go. This your boy Jay Gibson, senior and founder of Rethink Rich Academy, the new face of finance. Get used to it. And this is another episode of Late Night Balls Talk. Now, tonight, I got a special guest in the building, man. I've known this dude for years. He's been doing his thing forever, man, from the football field to, you know, he up in Hollywood making, making moves with some of the biggest bosses in the game. Then he started his own studios, and now he's getting to the bag. So you know we had to have him over here with the Wolf Pack on Late Night Boss Talk. So I'd like to introduce the man, the myth, the legend. Some people call him Hefe, my man, Julian Bretano. Say what's up to the people. You crazy. Yeah, what's up, bro? <laughs> all right, all right. What's going on, everybody? I'm, I'm, it's cool. I'm. Uh, thank you for that awesome introduction, bro. I appreciate you much. Um. <laughs> You know, I just want people to know, just putting this out there right here. Like, yeah, we, we do go back. We go way back, like, a long time. Um, <laughs> um, Shoot, what has it been? It's been, what, 20? Yeah, man, good 20, man. At least a good 20. 20-something, 20 yeah. Something 20 plus, yeah, at this point. You know what I mean? But that's what it is, man. You know, the people need to know you got to have relationships. You got to have people that, you know, been around. You know what I'm saying? So for the people who don't know who you are, you know, maybe they under a rock. Maybe they sleep. Let them know who you are, what you do, and, um, you know, what you bring into the tape. Absolutely. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm Julian Bretano. You check me out. Um, I've I've had the opportunity to be able to work on some awesome shows and, mo- and movies that some of you might be fans of. Uh, one of the shows is Greenleaf, and my character on there is David. And anybody that's seen the show... It's on the OWN network, uh, Oprah Winfrey. I actually play co-star to Oprah Winfrey on the show um, as her bar manager in the Blues Club. Um, and that really came about because it, was, it came in a, in a, when I was in a rough spot in my life, a dark place. And I had just lost my business because I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, so... When you when you're a true entrepreneur, you put all you go all in, and I went all in with my business. It was for a lounge and nightclub and restaurant, and I end up having to close down, you know, due to some technical issues. Um, and you know, I'm not blaming anybody. I don't pass the buck. You know what I'm saying? Me, I it just made me a stronger person and realized I got to be more on top of my business. <clears throat> when it comes to your local governments and understanding how to forge the proper relationships. So that's all definitely get into tonight. Um, but so that's why I say I don't blame nobody but me. But it was a beautiful thing because it really segued me into Hollywood. Um, and then from there, I worked on a bunch of other projects, Shots Fired on Fox. Back to the Good Life on BET. Um, this movie came on BET last year. Um, Walking Dead, House of Cards. You, it's a bunch of shows. So, um, and then 
like Jay Gibson said, um, segued into uh, owning my own studio, film production studio as of January of last year. And then quickly that has evolved when we were able to scale that business model and how we were operating and moving into a situation now that we call opportunity zones. Um, I call it streaming zones based on my industry and what we're doing. And it's just a, it's a way for our communities to get to the, get to the capital, you understand, get to the budgets, get to the, the monies, the bags, whatever you want to call it, that's going to help revitalize and reshape your community, your business, your families, your legacy. Okay, okay, definitely, man. That's some good information. And we're going to definitely get into all that. But I want to rewind the tape, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to go back to what something you said that was critical because I think a lot of entrepreneurs and, um, you know, by the way, this is the number one podcast in the world for entrepreneurs and insomniacs, right? Because I tell them if it's after right. midnight and you ain't up, then you ain't down, you feel me? So right. let's, talk, let's talk about the transition because I think that's very important for people to understand when you decided to say, you know what, um, I'm I'm going to make a shift. I'm going to bust a left right here. And I may not see the whole road, but I, my gut is telling me that, you know what, when I make this transition, so what, I, what I'm referring to is the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to get into acting because, see, I know you. I go back, right? So for the people who don't know, you know, if you go through this dude timeline, you'll see him make that transition, right? And, you know, start hitting the gym and got his photos together. It was a process, you know what I mean? Before, then he started getting parts, and then he started getting those big opportunities. So just take people back to that moment where you said, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, put some, put put my, my all into it. And, you know, those beginning stages. True, true. Facts. Um, So anybody that's known me, and you can do your homework on that, people, um, I've always been like after high school, after college with football and everything, a little bit of time with arena ball. Um, I've always been into music. I've always been into nightlife. So, um, I've been, you know, I've bodyguarded, I've <laughs> balanced with the doorman at a lot of prominent spots in New York city and Jersey. Um, I've, coordinated, you know, evolved, I, I bartended, I evolved to a promoter position, you know, I was a promoter and events coordinator at some venues and things like that. So, and then ultimately evolving into a club, a restaurant owner. So there's an evolution just in that, just in that lane. But what happens is, you know, in that you meet, you're, you're involved, you engage with the industry, especially as an owner, as a bodyguard, as a doorman, and, and as a promoter, because all the events that we were doing were mostly celebrity A-lister type events, uh, album releases, uh, movie premieres, NFL, NBA draft events, uh, magazine releases, you name it. You know, it wasn't just a typical ladies' night, you know, or things like that. These were very high-level specialty-based events. So... I said, you know what? I started realizing I have to be at the other side of this thing as far as the ownership. You know, because when you're the promoter, you know, when you're the bouncer, <laughs> you're making a couple of dollars. If you're a good bouncer, you know, that knows how to work the game, you'll make a couple extra dollars. <laughs> I'll right. put it like that. Right, right. Uh, 
then you see the promoters like, well, damn, these these the ones that's getting to it. You know, you think they get into can they make a couple thousand dollars? You know what I'm saying? The night it's like, well, shoot, I gotta get that. And then when you're the promoter and you're doing that, but then you see that bar tab running up, you know, and you see that food sales going up, exactly. and splitting this and that. Wait a minute, I'm I'm still at the wrong side of this thing. Right. So let me open my own spot. And so that's a progression. But then in that, you're doing the events, you're engaging with people, you're seeing the mishaps, you're seeing this and that go on, you're seeing the missed opportunities. So you, you're left with no alternative or choice but to evolve. And sometimes you that evolution comes when you least expect it, even against your own. I'm not going to say will because it is part of your will. Once you tap into your higher self of who you are, you understand that it's all part of your will. It's just we have this experience on this plane, this third dimensional level that we live in called Earth. You see what I'm saying? That we think that that's it, but it's beyond that. And once you tap into that higher level, then you start to see things start to open up for you. So. I had to see that and I was forced to see it. I had to be forced into the position. Um, so once I I had my venue down in Virginia, right, Batano's Lounge, um, I invested some dollars down there to open up a spot because I was trying to work with some other people that, you know, they were um they were they they were working, they they did some events, some parties, and they had a name down there. And they said, you know, basically, I I believed in them. And I took an investment and rolled the dice that they were able to facilitate what I needed down there. Ultimately, I had to end up relocating down to Virginia from Jersey and take the reins and run and, and just, I basically went down there and bulldozed my way. <laughs> I didn't okay. take the time to meet the local politicians, the local ABC people and the this and that. I didn't, I did not take the time. I didn't feel like I had to. I felt like I had to get down there and save my, my company. Right, so right, right. I, I brought my northern New York, Jersey, you know, business acumen as far as running nightlife, and I brought it to southwest Virginia. You see what I'm saying? Southern Virginia, and it's not the same environment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's and that's just something that people need to soak up that game because being hands-on in a situation, but also being aware of your surroundings. So whether you're from the hood or whether you're in the boardroom to the block, if you go in somebody else's neighborhood and you set up shopping, you're not checking, you know, not so much checking in, but you don't make, you know, make the introductions, right? right. And it's almost like disrespecting, um, you know, and then it's also a thing with, between the, for people that's all around different parts of the country and in other countries, there's always, you know, a feeling of, you know, that territorial factor of saying, hey, this dude coming down here, taking over, he not respecting what we got set up here and the relationships that you need to have because, you know, just giving you, you know, just to kind of give the people some insight, but, you know, um, Julian would know, like, also, same story with the nightclubs, man, you know, uh, from Club Cheetah, when Jay-Z told my Club Cheetah to Club Amnesia, like, we were really in these buildings. Like, I started out, right. you know, from, from being an artist to be, in, the, in order to get that access, Yo, I had to carry a crate or two. You feel right. what I'm saying? To working right. with the DJs, being like a unofficial bodyguard when you got certain high level DJs in New York City. You know, I ain't gonna name no names right now, but right. yeah, people who know my story know who, which circles we was running in. 
And when they wanted to have private conversations, I would block the door. You right. know what I'm saying? So it's like, you right. know, you can't get past the gatekeeper. But then, like you're saying, realizing and being aware of your surroundings that, yo, these nightclubs is killing them. So just to give the people a real life, um, you know, basically validation of what you're saying, for people who remember 106 and Park and they had Free and AJ, AJ was a party promoter as well. That's kind of where he got his start at. Right. And he right. had his hand in a few clubs. He had Cheetahs. He had club speed, and then he had nails. Right. So it was three individuals. It wasn't just him by himself. Right. And I watched these dudes pick up bags to the point where you start getting more familiar and comfortable with people. You're like, well, how much money is these dudes making? They were making like 50 to 60K a weekend, man. And they right. were just killing them, killing them, killing them. Right. So that's just giving the people, you know, some validation that what, you know, the brother up here is speaking about is real. And then what he was able to do is even transition to the next level which is getting his own location, right? He bossed up, he got his own location, and then he had to actually relocate so that he could, uh, you know, run operations and everything right there on the ground, right? So let's take him from there and the lessons that you learned, like you just said, kind of kind of bulldozing, you know what I'm saying? Like just right. set up shop and, uh, you know, and, and, and the lessons you learned from that. Oh, true facts, facts, and I, I and I definitely attest, and I know that you know Julian. He definitely was out there doing his thing too. So it's like when you went and when you come from a position of like sports, right? You know, I was a defensive player. I, I was a you know defensive end, linebacker, you know D line. So I'm a I'm by nature. I wrestled. I did, you know I'm an aggressive person by nature, right? You know I convert that energy and I go for it. So as an aggressive person, you just, you know, it's what I'm doing, you know, right. um, and you do it and you go at it. So that's that, that mentality, that bully mentality that I took down to the South wasn't received well with the gatekeepers as we call right. them. Right. Um, and that was a lesson that I learned. That was one of the strongest lessons I learned that, no matter where you go, you got to be inclusive. You got to involve that local community. You got to involve, like you said, if you on from the streets, you know that you know it too. Like you can't just go and pee on somebody's territory and set up shop and think it's all good. Like that's not how it works. Right. Even if it's somebody that's not coming at you on some rah rah some violence, they are gonna drop a dime. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. They got the banana. They eat the banana. Like, yeah, I don't like that shit. <laughs> I don't like that shit. <laughs> I'm gonna drop a dime on them. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they ride clean. They ride clean too. What happened to me? Somebody dropped a dime right. on my operations, and I'm like, and I didn't even see it coming because I wasn't plugged in the way I needed. Right, to be. right, right. Because right. if I was plugged in, probably somebody would have came and be like, "Yo, this is what's coming. This is what they're planning. This is what's happening. This is I ain't know nothing." I just I was op fully operational one night, ran pack, floor to the ceiling. And next thing I know, the boys come in and they had the highway blocked off everything. I mean, they had state boys, they had local police, they had the sheriffs, they had the task force. I'm like, what the hell? You thought I was ghosts up in there? You know what right, I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Like literally, this was back in 2015. You would have thought I was ghosts right. the way they ran down on me. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So, um, but in that time also, I amongst all of that, I was working with 
some local community people that was looking to start doing some events based built around the arts, like fashion and, wow. and uh, some drama stuff. Because, you know, my, my facility, my venue was nice size. Um, right, right. And I was really starting to tap into that side of myself again. I've always tapped in in my vein, like with music, especially, you know, I've always been steady creating music and things like that and just keeping that as my outlet and my expression. But I really wanted to start, you know, doing some things. So in the arts. So once the shutdown happened and the shutdown, you know, was because I had, like I said, the individuals that was there, they were no longer there. And because... I had the alcohol alcohol license in their name. I was technically running an illegal operation. Okay. 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 So that's just what it is. That's that's public. That's that's I'm not. That's nothing to be hiding or whatever. That's real talk. So, um, and come to find out later that I could have had it in my name the whole time. <laughs> right. Right, right. So, so see, that's yeah. It's just, it's just the knowledge, like you said, the lack of information. So, you know, like you said, go ahead and go ahead and uh, finish your story. Go ahead. Right. So, um, at that point, I started looking into some other opportunities. I had a couple dollars from a accident that had happened at my venue. Like, so for instance, it was raining one day. Some guy was driving down the highway, his car hydroplane jumped the curb, flew into my sign and knocked my sign out. Wow. You know, thankfully he was okay. My, you know, we reacted accordingly and, and promptly, got him out the car, got him to safety. Thankfully, no kids was in the parking lot because we was actually having a uh, rehearsal upstairs for a fashion show and it was kids. So oh, had wow. kids been in the parking lot, that could have been a very, very bad situation. So I'm right. grateful for that. But um, but what that did is I had a lot of events planned for that weekend. And because my signs was out, my power was out to my building. It had knocked the power out for like a mile or two. And everybody else was back up wow. and running except me. Wow. So I'm like, really? I'm like, okay. So, but there was an insurance that came from that. So I got that, thankfully, a couple of weeks after I closed, I got shut down. Right. So I took that. I said, okay, I need to flip this. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't much, right. but it was enough to say, I, I, cause I had lost everything else in from the venue. I was right. done. Right. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. I was hit hard. So right. I said, I'm gonna flip this down. I'm gonna flip this, these dollars real quick. And I, I found another facility downtown that had like space to do a multimedia and then it had an adjacent location where it was like a box, a little small box theater where I could do, you know, events and functions and drama and theater and stuff like that. And it was another space on the corner within the same building footprint that was, I was setting up as a boutique. Okay. Um, So I because that's how I think, you know. I think, well, if I'm gonna roll out, I'm gonna roll it out, <laughs> right? Right, right, you know right, right, right. So, um, the, somebody I was dealing with at that time, you know, they was going through something, some hardship, and you know, they had kids and whatnot, and they was up there in New York. So, I was like, yo, well, check it out, like, you know, there's things I could do. I, you know, I got a couple bucks I'm working with, let me, um, 
why don't y'all come down here? You know what I'm saying? Because they was going through. So I was like, come down. Right. I could set something up. So I went and got a house, you know, big enough for the whole, everybody, my son, you know, everybody just kind of just right. do a blended situation. Right. Um, and I had knew this person for a few years and we was always cool, but we had never, you know, took it. But, you know, it was cool. So I tried something, you know what I'm saying? I experienced something. Right. And um, there were some things that, I wasn't quite privy to, or you know, regarding their experiences and things like that, and with them dealing with issues, you know, domestically with uh, you know other people in the household, things like that. So a lot of that pain that wasn't dealt with sp spilled over to you know the situation that I had created. I was trying to create right. with my son, and he was being subjected to just different type of treatments. It's just it was just a, a dysfunctional situation, and I had to. And so, a lot of the monies that I had put aside to run to get the business up and running, I thought we were going to be working together on some things. I end up at the end of the day, they they end up relocating back up to New York, and I was sitting there holding the empty bags. <laughs> right, right, you know, right. so I was literally at a dark place, and I was like, okay. Um, I sent my son to stay with my mom, who was only like five minutes away. But I was like, you go here for now. Daddy got to clear his head. You know what I mean? I got to think. Right. I got to get my thoughts together. I got to re reinvent myself. You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, Because I was moving too fast with a lot of things. And it just I was like, okay, hold on. And then... Um, I found myself alone. So I was alone and I was just spending some quiet time and saying, what do I really want to do? And that's when it all started to unfold. It was like, yo, I really want to work. I really want to be involved in the arts. I really want to be able to have, you know, create situations and really do what I love to do. And then I promised myself, I said, you know, if I ever get a platform, I would to do in, in doing this, I would help, I would use it to help many people. Right, that was my right, promise right. to myself. You know what I mean? And then literally like an hour later, I was online. You know, sometimes you just be online. You don't even you don't know why you're online. You just searching. <laughs> Right, exactly. I ran across a casting call for a, a background role, background, you know, talent, you know, they needed some extras and whatnot for right. uh, a pilot for a TV show on TNT. And it was out in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. I was in Virginia still, but it was about three and a half hours from where I was at. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just take some pictures and send it in. Right. So I just took some candid shots with my iPad and sent it in. And I'm gonna say I'm saying the iPad for a reason because I'm gonna get to that in a second. It, it was significant to something else. Um. So I sent it in, and then I got an email back saying, "Hey, yeah, we can use you. We got some hotel scenes. Um, we need just people walking around in a hotel." I'm like, "Okay, cool." I'm, I'm like, "Bet that's what's up." I didn't know what to expect. You know what I'm saying? Right, and so right. I was, I was, I was in a place where, but I was, I was, I ain't gonna front, I was broke. 
Like when I said broke, I was broke. Right. Like I had right, just right, right. Trust me, I've been there, bro. We all I been had there, just you know paid I mean? the rent and my bills, and then I was broke. Like, dang, I pride, not not trying to give up the crib. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. now I'm, I got my crib. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I got to re, I got to rebound. I got to bounce back. I got to do right. it. Nobody's gonna do it. For, I got to do it. So I was broke and. I was talking to my man, and he's like, well, man, I ain't really got none, but I can shoot you like 60 bucks. I'm like, that's fine. That'll work. So he shot me $60, bro. Like, what's the union? <laughs> right. And so, you know, that took a couple dollars out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trust me, bro. Trust me. I've so been there. I've been there. I took, I took $20 and put it in the gas tank. At that time, I had to switch over and use a. Um, I was using um, a Volkswagen, a Volkswagen Passat. Okay. So twenty dollars did good on the tank. It, right. it was enough right. to get right. me that I knew I can get down there, and you know whatever, get back gas back up to come back. So I get down there. I'm like, wow, this is cool, man. I got on set, saw the crew running around, saw all the equipment, all this. I'm like, it's dope, bro. Like, I knew instantly that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, mind you, this right. is at 36, 7, 36 years exactly. old. I reinvented myself trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing. And I identified it right there. Like, yo, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, right. So I started talking, network, you know, coming from nightlife, coming from that pr promoter, bodyguard, and owner perspective. I'm always an entrepreneur at mine, like, you know what I'm saying, like how I move. So I was just on set networking with people, like, yo, okay, so tell me about that. What's that? Why you let that fog out like that? What that do? You know what I'm saying? What's that? Right, What's right, those right. for? What's that? What type of lens is that versus that lens? Like, I'm learning. I'm sponging right now. Right, so right, 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 right. I beat some people, some other background actors, you know, people that have been doing it for a little bit. And they were just hitting me with game, like, oh, okay, well, it's different things that you could do, projects, you know, because they've been background, they've been chasing the dream, you know, of getting into a role or something for some time. So they got they got their experience. It might be in the background world, but right. don't matter. That's experience. That's something. So right. I took that into me. Okay. So I started building with one person, and by the end of the day, something happened, right? So I hope I'm not being too long-winded with everything. Nah, you good, bro. We got time, man. We in the, we in the wolves then right now. I'm we hey, I'm soaking up the game. You, you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure it's a bunch of people that's gonna soak this up too. So go ahead, dude. Go ahead, right, take a so story, bro. I was we were talking and production was like, yo, um, you think you can hang around for two more days because we got some other things, you know, some other stuff. Maybe you could be helpful in those too. I'm like, all right, knowing I had forty dollars. Feel me? I had no right. hotel money. <laughs> they wasn't paying for the right. hotel, you know, none of that shit. So I'm like, dang, I I don't know. I'm gonna just sleep in the car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Grinding it out, right. bro. So Grinding. That literally was my plan. Like I was just sleep in the car. I had my Planet Fitness membership, so I knew I could shower, get a little workout, right. get on that little right. massage bed, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'll make the best out of it. Right. <laughs> right. Um, right, right. A hotel chain. I had served some good food for breakfast and dinner. As long as you, you know, thank you very much. Appreciate y'all. 
ran up in there, got right. me something. He just walked in, get something. You know what I'm saying? They don't know you're not staying there. Man, let me tell you something, bro. I've been on tour, man. We was out in uh, Arizona where we started going to the spots. Um, I think it's the La Quinta joints and the Best Westerns had that continental breakfast, bro. Let me tell you something, bro. We was living off that. So you giving, see, you giving that real game that people need to hear that they don't understand. And some of the biggest legends in the game started the same way, bro. So, Dad, I'm right there with you. Trust me. We was cleaning out the cereal, the bagels, oh, bro. all that. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. They just walk in, smile, wave. They don't know. You just walk right in and go get you a plate. Start grubbing. Yeah, you know, man, so exactly. that's what I did. I had to do what I had to do, you know? So, so but what happened right. was the person that I had clicked with, he was like, he was um, living in um, the Charlotte area of North Carolina. And he right. did he was waiting for some money to hit his account. So he went out there on a, on a whim and a prayer. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, right. Right. And I was like, well, he ain't had no gas money to get back. He was trying to figure it out. I'm like, well, right. here, bro. So I gave him $20 out of the 40 I had left. Right. Feel me? So he can get right. home. <laughs> so I know right. I'm like, I'll be all right. You know what I'm saying? I got gas money to get back. And I'm just going to eat right. at the hotel. I'm going to wash my behind, sleep in the car. Not a problem. It is what it is. It's only for a right. couple of days. Let me do this. So I right. did that. And then um, he had hit me. This dude, this person that I you know, gave that $20 to, he hit me and said, yo, it's another son that's filming on Sunday. They need a lot of people. I'm like, I bet. So I sent in my pictures for that. They said, yeah, sure, we can use you. Come on. So it was right. a crowd. You know, they needed us in the crowd for a big, like, graduation scene for the Naval Academy or whatever. And so okay. Okay. while in the crowd, they said, okay, when, you know, they came over to Taylor, listen, all right, find somebody, one of the cadets, and run up to them and be their family member. All right, cool. So all these daggone cadets up there. Right. I said, I just, my inner self said, yo, that one right there. So I went, I said, hey, what's going on? I just went and grabbed it and gave her a hug, you know, this is that. Just went with it. It was cool. I'm yeah. like, that's cool. We ended up being friends. She actually ended up being from the city that I had my club in. Yeah. Oh, and, wow. Like, okay. She was the only person that, you know, because nobody else from there do what we do. You see what I'm saying? So I was like, right. oh, that's what's up. So we got tight. You know, we tight to this day. She out in LA now. Like she, she, she doing her thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. She a star. She got on star. Right. She got on a couple of things. Like so, we kind of grew in this thing together. So like, she's like a day one in this industry with me. Um, right. And then after like lunchtime came, there was somebody else. I just heard you. This is this is this is what I'm talking about now. This is following and understanding, connecting with your higher self and the inner voice that will guide you and lead you. And so before the day started, I was told by my inner voice, you got to meet two people today. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I met the one right. who became my, you know, practice partner and things like that. And then lunchtime came. Right. This is where it gets real interesting. I was walking and then I heard a voice say, go this way. I'm like, all right, so I looked. 
and there was these other young ladies walking in. And it wasn't on some kitten game, none of that. It was just, just so friendly. So right. I introduced myself and to this one person in particular. And we talked and we ended up doing a scene where we had to be some politicians um, coming down some stairs at City Hall. <laughs> and so we got cool. So I walked into the car at the end of the day, get home safe, this and that. It's being a gentleman. And literally two days later, because that was on a Sunday, matter of fact, three days later, I'm sorry, I was on set of another location and she hit me. She was like, hey, there's a project that's going to be filming in Atlanta and they're looking for people to either be, you know, wait staff or bartender or, you know, deacons or something like that. I'm like, okay, cool. Send it to me. I'll be interested. So, so she sent it to me. Right. The uh, notice, it was the email and everything on it. So I had to send a picture in. Here's the thing. Right. The iPad that I took the picture, my visual picture on, I didn't have internet service on that. So I couldn't even send the picture. Okay. And I didn't have no other pictures in my phone. I'm like, dang, I don't know how much. And there was no internet access in the building that we was in holding for this other project that I was working on, the background on. I'm like, damn, I'm going to do this. I couldn't. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I took my iPad out that I took the picture on and I took a picture with my phone off the iPad. I ain't even cropped oh, it, wow. bro. I sent it straight laced with the edges and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, gorilla style. I tell y'all about gorilla marketing, yo. This is this is real life talk right here. All right. All right, we listen. And I sent listen. it in an hour later. The girl, now this is another crazy part. Like the girl that called me, she said, Oh, I think you got a good look. You can be a be a bartender. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I've been bartending, so I know. So I know yeah. I can do that role real good, you know, that background spot. So right. um, she so she had booked me. Come to find out, she wasn't even working on the project. Her roommate was working with the extras casting department. She was helping her roommate oh, out okay. just to help find people because they were so overwhelmed and they needed to find somebody quickly. Some people, a lot of people, like a lot of people real quick because they were about to start shooting right. uh, that next week. So now mind you, right. I'm only a week in, like a week and uh, two days at this point. And I've already right. worked on like three projects, three big, like major projects, like... The one project was right. on TNT. They had two full seasons of that show. So I got to work on that first episode. That was good behavior. Right. I was at the oh, okay. door as okay. a bouncer. <laughs> it featured right, me. So right, right, I was right. there at the door. You got to see me nice and clear. I was like, oh, I bet. The second show or the movie was right. Megan Levy with uh, okay. Mara. Uh, okay. It's a girl name. I can't remember the name. But anyway, her, fa- her father's um, with the Giants. Uh, with the Giants or okay. something like that. So okay. she 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 worked on House of Cards too. And so, you know, that was cool. You really don't, you know, you see a flash of me walking down the but other than that, you know, you don't want to see me. Right. The third joint was with Daniel Ratcliffe, the dude that played Harry Potter. It's called um, 
Imperium, where he was an FBI agent. Right. So I was right. an agent in the right. bullpen with them. And, you know, I got some little FaceTime with that. So it was cool. So now, mind you, I'm a week in. This is my experiences so far. Right. You know. Exactly. Just by taking a chance, by the way, too, for all y'all listeners, he just went out there on faith and, um, you know what I'm saying, and look what it turned into. So go ahead. Yeah. Right. So now let's get, so to, let's get to it. Now, right now. I'm in Atlanta. I'm, I check into this project. Right. Mind you, the girl said I was going to be the bartender. So I get to check in. I look at the list. I'm not listed as a bartender. I'm at, listed as wait staff, number seven. I'm like, all right, that's cool. So I'm happy to right. be here. <laughs> right. I'm right. here. Whatever I'm y'all got, I'll take So we go, we get dressed, this and that. We get over to the set, you know, like in football. Like I know you can attest to this. I'm always right. one to be like when we're doing laps, I'll be the front of the line. You know right. what I'm saying? I always jump right. out, I always go, like, let's go. Let's not be not playing with it. So I, I that mentality stuck with right. me all my life of always be in the front. Don't never be last. Don't be lagging behind. Get get right. up there and run. Go. So when it was time to get on the bus, right. the shuttle to go over to set from the holding location, I was right up front. And so I got on the bus, the shuttle. We got there. I was the first one through the door. Guess what? They was like, hey, big guy, come here. We're going to put you right here. So they put me, they, I had to flip these bar stools down. But that was my position right there for a second. Right. So I'm standing there, you know, you just go, just stand there. And so next thing I know, Oprah comes out. And she comes and sits wow. at the bar. Like, right, eight feet from me. <laughs> now, mind you, <laughs> I come from right. nightlife. I come from specialty events. I come from a listers type. You know what I'm saying? I come from the, you know, right. hanging out and chilling with billionaires and this and that. So I'm used to that. That that doesn't right, you know, right, exactly, exactly. You had exposure to it. You know, it was I have regard for her because. Right. I, you know, we in our generation, we watch Oprah evolve. Like this younger generation, they don't right, know, exactly. they don't know right. evolving Oprah. They just know rich Oprah. You know what I'm saying? Right. We saw her right. when she was first on Oprah, you know, the Oprah Winfrey show. We saw her in Color Purple. We saw right. her right. to Bruce. We saw the growth. We right. saw some, you know, you watch old stuff, you know, early, early 80s. We saw the Baltimore, you know, in the. <laughs> The other dudes chat. So we saw her grow. So my regard for her was different. Right. You know, I was like, yo, she is somebody I respect because she grind. You know what I mean? So right. she come out. She's like, hey, everybody. Okay, boo. So she sit down, get ready to do her scene. My job, like I said, was to flip them bar stools. Now it was rough because anybody that know anything about being on set. When the directors, you know, when they finish the scene, they say cut and they'll say reset real quick. Everybody back to ones. I mean, they got to do the scene again. So in that, it was a tiresome situation because I had to put these two bar stools that the legs, once they flipped up on the bar, the legs was in between these hanging lights. So I couldn't just throw them up and just snatch them down. You got to ease them off, both of them, flip them without making a bunch of noise and walk off to the side and then right. run back and put them back up. They're right. not waiting for you. 
you back. You know what I mean? Right. So that was my thing. Right. So we did that like five times. I'm just ripping, running, putting them ease in the bar, ease in the bar. So then I got to take them off, make it look so fluid. You know what I'm saying? Guess what? I worked at a club. Right. I own the club. I own the bar. I'm, I, I, you know what I'm saying? It was nothing like that. That's right. nothing. Woo, woo. So right. after we did it about five times, Oprah spins in her bar stool and she looks at me. She's like, what you doing? I'm like, I'm here to help. <laughs> she's like, no. Right. You work for Auntie M. I'm like, she told him, yeah, you right. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> it's your show. <laughs> it's your, Whatever you it's say, your program. Right? No problem. You right. right. I do work for Auntie M. So she spins back around. I'm just like, I don't, I, but at that time, I knew what was happening. You know what I'm saying? Like most people would be like, right. oh, I couldn't believe it. Most people would freak. I'm like, I knew what was happening. I'm like, okay, something's happening right now. Right. So we right. did the scene a couple more times. Then she spins back around again in the bar still like, sir, what's your name? I said, it's Julian. She said, how long have you been acting? So mind you, at that time, it only was two weeks. So that? I'm like two weeks. Right. So she started right. laughing. Two weeks. And you already here on the show with me. I'm like, I guess that's what I'm supposed to be. So she's like, oh man. Right. Exactly. When I started, then she's go look at the director and the writer, producers, like, hey guys, now mind you, they changing out the set a little bit so they can do, you know, guys, everybody, this is Julian. He's been acting two weeks. And they just kind of chuckle and laugh. I'm like, oh, shit, something happening. I don't know. So then all the rest of the day, every time she made eye contact with me, with you know, filming the different scenes, she just do this little chuckle, like, <laughs> like this, like this, this, this guy here. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I just took it in stride. Like, I'm just yeah. gonna keep doing what I gotta do, pick up these glasses and wipe down the bar, right. the, the the tables and <laughs> Right, I was doing my job. I was doing it, but it it was real natural for me because I own the bar. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't nothing I had to think about how to move and make it look natural. I just did what I did. Like, but that's what she needed. You know what I'm saying? Because she owned the the bar, so she needed someone that made it look natural. You know, for however whatever reason, they can connect and the relation to the the. Chemistry was there. So by the end of the day, production lined everybody up like they typically do a lot of times when they need to make a move with putting people, you know, in a more right. prominent place or position on, on screen. So they was they got together, start whispering, you know, director, producers, and they was like, oh, yeah, you're the guy. And so everybody else, they said, everybody else going to the back. So they're like, yeah, we need you to kind of be in position with Oprah. So we need you to be the bartender now. Now, mind you, that's what the girl originally said she wanted me to do. Right. Right, exactly, right. I went behind the bar. They had to light it up different. They had to do some things and... um, Right. And then I started feeling this, like, while all that was going on, I started feeling like this pressure in this weight, like it wasn't yeah. just it wasn't from an internal thing of like like anxiety or nothing. It was more of a pressure from my shoulders, like it was 
It's like some someone was pressing down on me, like on my shoulder, like mashing, like what the hell is that? <laughs> it was invisible. I'm like, what the hell is that? Right. Then, right. You know, the inner voice is like, right, relax, right, right. calm down. That's the weight that you feel of the machine. So when they say the machine of someone right. like Oprah Winfrey machine, you know, or whoever's machine. Right. And I know, and I get it because I, people, like even with, with how I move and whatnot, I'm, I see that I get more and more and understand about the machine. Cause even the machine that I have and that I'm operating, people feel that way. And they don't, and sometimes they spin people out of control because they don't know right. how to take it. They don't know, they don't know what to do with it. Like, it's it's a, it's a, it's a situation. It's a real situation that's an invisible force that you don't see with the naked eye, but it's real. Exactly. And so he said, "No, relax. That's just the right. that's the machine of Oprah, and but you were built for this, so just chill out." And then I I embraced it, and then it let up right. like the weight relaxed off me. As soon as that happened, she walked over to the bar, and then we just started talking like. So chopping it up, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I was letting her know a little bit about right, me and right. what my true interests are, and this and that. And I said, so if I ask you a question, she said, sure. Right. I said, so how's your transition been from the Oprah Winfrey show to now owning your own network? How does that fit? You know what I'm saying? I asked the real questions, you know what I mean? Right. And then we was talking, right. talking about tequila right. and this and that. Like, it was So, but it was cool. <laughs> but while we were doing all that, they was filming. Right. You know, said they was filming right. all that because wow. I was talking. The main star of the show, Mel Dandridge, she walked over, and they and they, she walked over into to do the scene. They ain't say action, nothing. She just walked over, right. and she's like, "Auntie." They hugged, and then they started doing the scene. I'm like, "Oh, they got that off." <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. So making natural conversation. Go on my timeline. You could actually see that scene. I have it on my Instagram. I got it on my Facebook. Yeah, I can see that scene where she we're at the bar, right. just you don't hear what we're talking about, but you see the interaction engagement and the and Gigi walks up to Oprah and gives her a hug. That was happening real time right there. You know what I'm saying? That was unscripted, that was just right. us chilling. So right. and then from there, right, 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 right. Um they called me two back two weeks later and said, Hey, um, we got, you know, we need you guys back again. And then from there, they that's when they bumped me up to our actual character name and a couple lines. Just right. like literally seven words that whole okay. first season. Okay. I had seven words that episode. I had two scenes. <laughs> I had, okay, I will, Miss McCready. And then the other right. scene was Yes, Ma'am. Literally, that was my season one experience on Google. Right. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. And that, no, I mean, that's crazy, man. So, you know, just giving people a real life example, man. I mean, this brother got so much game. We're going to have to break this up in two pieces. We can't give you all this game in one episode. You're going to have to come back for a part two. But just to just to kind of, you know, kind of uh, bookend this thing, you know, this brother is giving you a real life story. And this was powerful, man. I, I appreciate that because people need to understand when they follow their gut, you know, they can get to their goal. Their true calling is waiting for them, and they just have to basically, I call right. it in, in the finance world, roadblocks the riches. 
So once you remove those roadblocks, you definitely will be in your lane and you'll be on your journey and you just have a natural talent and charisma that people gravitated to. Plus, like you said, if, if the listeners are paying attention, he had all the prior experience. And that's key, too, because he had all the prior experience to, 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 to be ready for that particular moment, almost, almost as if everything right. he went through was to get to that moment. And when we kind of look at our lives, um, you know, and I teach this in my courses, like there's a balance to this thing. Like, you know, he all those experiences are valuable and he put it all that together and his hustle and dedication. How many people would have never even went? How many people would have never sent their pitches? If, if they did get down there after the first thing, yo, I got to get back, man. You know what I'm saying? That sounds good. But, but you, he just went along for the ride and he was able to, you know, get an opportunity of a lifetime that on right. the way there, he didn't know he would have that experience that day. So just by him being able to react in that moment and be natural and having, a, you know, a, uh, exposure to celebrities and to people of prominence to make them feel comfortable, because a lot of times we don't understand these are normal people. And they like to have, you know, interactions with people that are genuine. So people who can make them feel comfortable, obviously, you even if you're on the inside, like, yo, this is crazy. In that moment, you know how to basically have your game face on. You know what I mean? So what I what I want to do is um, basically what we're going to do, we got about 10 more minutes, give people just a few jewels or, or, or words of advice, and then we're going to definitely bring you back because we want to talk about everything you're doing with the Opportunity Zones and everything that you're doing with Britannia Studios, and everything that your whole movement is built behind, and we could give yeah, them some yeah, games. That's going to be part two. They're going to have to come back, man. They can't get all this right now. You know what I'm saying? It's part two, man. Y'all going to have to... So just give... give you, got, you got the floor. Um, You know what I'm saying? You got about, let's say, in five minutes, what can right, you give so them that they well, can I take from this part? I want to say, back? and just to cap that off, too, um, which was really dope, dynamic, is... I believe with all the work in between filming, because you got to remember, we filmed in October and November right. of 2015. The show didn't air until June of right. 2016. So all in between, wow. I was still okay. grinding. Right. I was still, I, so most people would have took that moment right. and thought they made it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But no, I kept moving. I kept taking background roles. I tell, I didn't go, yeah, you know who I am. None of that. Nope. I kept my, I kept my posture. Like, yo, I know this game. I'm learning. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was right. a situation. That was a great experience, but right, I still right. got to learn because I don't even know after I learned about filming a little bit that you don't know what's going to make the editing floor. Exactly. So I didn't exactly. want exactly go what's going to make the cut. Right. Exactly. Before I knew anything, so I was running around doing background, taking, submitting for different things, and I worked on so many projects, bro. Like between November and June, I worked on a ton of projects. Um, and people probably see see me, my face pop up in a lot right. of stuff. Um, because every project I went on, I kept that same posture, and right. the same attitude of I'm here to learn, I'm here to support. Y'all vision, y'all dream. Um, not thinking I'm this and that. I'm here. I didn't go, you know what I mean? And they saw that and then they 
you know, they like, hey, won't you come over and be in this position? And I, so I got a lot of featured position spots. So a lot of people hit me all the time. Like, I just saw just watching this, and I saw you on the screen. I saw you pop up. That's a featured spot. Is you know what I'm saying? When I had lines in those parts, in right. those joints, but I was featured. Um, and so once Greenleaf dropped, right. once I got win, so what happened was I saw um, a promotion that uh, they had on a Greenleaf had on you know on the Twitter show and whatnot, and Oprah had her segment where it talked about her character, and in that interview, it showed our scene. So I was like, oh, shit, shoot, I made it. I, you know, wow. I mean, cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I really right. got my, my program out right. to snatch the right. image, screenshot of this and that. I was like, yes. So right. that's when I, I felt a little confident about, yeah, y'all, I'm gonna, uh, right. y'all might want to stay tuned because next week right. <laughs> my, my day is coming up. Um, right. But so. Right, exactly, um, exactly. Quick, with that, that's that's what's going to segue us into this other part. Um, I thought at that point, I was like, okay, good. I can start moving as an actor. Like, let me take this, use this to get an agent, use this to, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, exactly. Exactly. And, that, and that's the key, man. He, 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 not, he didn't get caught up starstruck in that moment. He started feeling himself. He stayed to the grind, and then when he realized that this thing was getting ready to take it to the next level, he activated, you know, himself into putting his package together, get it to some people nah, that can take it. Nah, you know, that's what I'm trying to the tell you. He wanted to make because that's not what happened. Yeah. Okay. So okay, my dropped, bad. Let me slow down. Let me slow down. All right. But what happened was this is the first time I seen this. Then they dropped the okay. next day. The next two episodes. I'm like, how they drop the first three episodes in one week? I'm oh, like, wow. where they do that at? So what I thought I had two more weeks, because I knew the scenes right. where I was at my speaking lines, I knew that was gonna be episode three. So I'm thinking two right. weeks to promote and kind of get people introduced. Right. Mm -mm. It dropped the next day. I was like, what? So I'm like, okay, what am I gonna do now? So okay. And right. just as I remember, that was the end of June. So uh, first week of July came. Right. And as I was mapping things out on the third, um, second or third, one of my friends that I, I just worked on a project where I, you know, I met her and whatnot. And we had worked on a project previously that in May. And we was cool. You know what I'm saying? We was tight and whatnot. And as far as, you know, just as tight as we could be, you know, Chance of sharing things, experiences about the industry. So, right, she gets murdered. Domestic violence. You know what I'm saying? Oh That's, wow! At that time, wow. I was just like, "Yo, this is crazy." I'm like, <sighs> I put a post up on Facebook saying, "Yo, this message is to the men, like guys, our women not comfortable right now, bro." Right. And that, that really opened my eyes up to some things, like. And after looking at the post that was going on, her her stuff and how people were feeling, so I just stood right. up as a man. Look, I don't know what this is gonna look like. I don't got all the answers, but I'm gonna do my part and I'm gonna stand up, be stand up against this domestic violence crap. So, if you with me, be with me. You know what I'm saying? And I got a lot of right. posts, a lot of hits, a lot of comments on. It. So 
that really spun me into the more social component. I was always a person, a giver, always a person of contributing and allow people to come to my club to do events, fundraisers, women's events. I've always been like that, but this really spun me into that direction and spiraled. And from there, that's what really put me on this path of where I'm at now. So we can stop there and then go into part two. Okay. All right, so definitely that's he's right on point. So, you know, for everybody, just let everybody know where they can reach you at. Um, he's definitely gonna have you back for another boss talk. This is definitely, you know, vital information. So, real quick, just give everybody your, Man, your social listen. media, your website, right, and everywhere and pens where they can find you. I got a lot now. Uh, but you can check me out on any social media <laughs> platform Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, just my name, Julian Bertano. That's B R I T T A N O. Um, you can check out our websites. You got uh, BritanoGroup.com. You got RTBmedia.com. That's for raising the bar. Um, you got RookStrategiesManagement.com. NovaFilmCapital.com. Okay. Nova like, so I got different business entities. And we'll go more into that when we talk part two. That's what that is. But Julian right. Britano, you can right. just catch Definitely. me in BritanoGroup.com. That's where you can find out. Okay. All right. Definitely, man. So it's been a pleasure. You know what I'm saying? I definitely thank you for coming through. And for everybody knows, you know, did anybody want to follow up with our episodes, what we're doing, you hit me at Late Night Boss Talk, spelled the normal way. I'm all across social media, and we're on plenty of different platforms with the podcast. So wherever you're listening to this, come back and listen again. This has been a special, 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 special edition of Late Night Boss Talk. Because if it's after midnight, and you ain't up, then you ain't down. So we're going to put the sheep to sleep and let the wolf pack ride to the next time. <laughs> Ow!